0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we are previewing the biggest game of the college football weekend. It is Alabama hosting Texas. We're going to preview it all the way with Luke Robinson of Locked on Bama, Jonathan Davis of Locked on Longhorns. What is it going to take for each team to pull off the win? Locked on SEC crossover edition starts now.
1: You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC, Locked On Bama, and Locked On Longhorns. It's great to have you guys along. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code word Locked On College. That's going to get you $20 off your first purchase. On the game time app. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. Let's welcome in our panel. It is Luke Robinson, host of Locked On Bama, and Jonathan Davis, host of Locked On Longhorns. A future SEC matchup here, guys. But you know, big Big Twelve Texas still kind of one foot in, one foot out the door. But an awesome matchup. Exciting to get into this one. Thank you guys for uh, joining us today. Happy to be here.
2: Yes, sir. Can't wait.
0: Let's dive into it, Luke, before we start to look at this game. Kind of assess for me week one for Alabama. I know they put up uh, a lot of points on a, an inferior opponent in, in middle Tennessee, but what did you see from Alabama last week?
1: Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that re-watches the game several times and uh, instead of keeping up with the news or watching anything else. So I've enjoyed watching this game over and over again, and I think it ended up being kind of the perfect scenario for Alabama because – the things that fans were most worried about, Jalen Milrow, how, how would he come out and look, uh, drops from the wide receivers, uh, the, some maybe some aspects of the defense, uh, the, the punting game or the kicking game, anything like that Alabama fans typically worry about, the special teams, uh, all those things looked great. And the things that we know are good and uh, but actually showed some room for improvement like the running game, like the offensive line, those things did look like, the, okay, they, they weren't great. They weren't as good as we thought they'd be. So the more I think about it, the more I think it's, it's fantastic for Alabama because nobody's really worried about the offensive line. I don't think nobody's really worried about the running game. Uh, that running back room is stacked. They're very talented. And of course then you got Jalen Milrow. If he's back there, the running game really uh, gets to ratchet up a notch, but uh I think some people were worried about how would Milrow play. I mean, people think back to that start last year against Texas A&M, and frankly they hold it against him, which is is practically criminal. But he he threw for three touchdowns. Alabama won the game, and now he had some turnovers, he had some miscues. But I think people were so busy comparing him to Bryce Young, who I've said multiple times I think might be the best player in Alabama history, that uh, it was unfair and now he had a chance to come out, be the guy, know he was going to be the guy, and uh, it worked out really, really well. So I'm just hoping that can continue against a team he was once committed to.
0: Yeah, a lot of teams last week, especially across the SEC, we saw a lot of teams slow out of the gates. Not so much for Alabama. They, they jump up to 28 nothing lead at halftime. They don't look back. Jonathan, the Longhorns – they were a little slow out of the gates. So I kept looking at the score, going, What's going on with the Longhorns and Rice? They should be up at least two touchdowns by now. They eventually get it put it together, second half, third quarter, twenty-one points, thirty-seven ten win. But what did you make of Texas in week one?
2: Yeah, maybe it was the JT Daniels effect. No, but uh I, I thought that, you know, everybody was expecting this offseason to see the second coming of 2020 Alabama this year. And so fans were a little anxious when it started off slow. You would have thought with all of the talent you acquired year three under Steve Sarkeesian, hopefully Quinn Ewers takes a big jump. You know, they would come out and throw a party on Rice, and then the first half you only get one touchdown and three field goals. So that was a little concerning. And, you know, you're not sure if you're seeing some of the same offensive inconsistencies that you saw last year or it was just Sark really holding back the playbook that much. But we'll definitely find out on Saturday night against Alabama what it was. I thought that the defense looked ferocious, right, and they really uh, were all over a Rice unit that they were supposed to be all over. But, you know, you can't control – I guess you can not control who's on the schedule, but you got to go out there and play and beat them. And that's what they did. So uh, the defense looked really good. They played almost 30 players and there was no drop off between the first unit and the second unit. Uh, But there was some inconsistency on the offensive end that you're hoping uh, will take care of itself on Saturday night. And you're hoping it was more about Steve Sarkeesian, you know, being vanilla and not showing everything uh, to Nick Saban and those boys in Tuscaloosa, rather than the offense just not executing at a high level against a team that they should have executed against. And yeah, you mentioned
0: JT Daniels, the former Georgia quarterback, two interceptions in that one. So uh, Texas feeling themselves a little bit with, with those takeaways. Uh, I guess let's jump here, Jonathan. Health of the team, are they good? Any big names uh, dealing with injuries? What's, where are we looking health-wise going into this matchup against Alabama?
2: Yeah, they should be fully healthy. Now, they did deal with a scare uh, with Cedric Baxter, the five-star running back, number one running back in the country. He did bust a 32-yard run and then went down, did not return to the game. Uh, but Steve Starkeesian said in his media availability that he looked great in practice and he should be ready to roll. DJ Campbell, the right guard, former five-star uh, out of Arlington Bowie, he went down, did not return to the game. And we have heard that Cole Hudson has replaced him at uh, with the first team at right guard. Uh, throughout this week, and it looks like Cole Hudson will get the start in replace of D.J. Campbell, and I'm not so sure. That's due to injury. The offensive line did not look great uh, against Rice, and D.J. Campbell was one of the people that did not look great against that Rice defensive line that put uh, some – unexpected pressure on Quinn Ewers and this Texas offense. So I think you'll see a change at right guard with Cole Hudson stepping in there. I just think Kyle flood and Steve Sarkisian and the biggest game of their Texas tenure trust Cole Hudson a little bit more at right guard. But for the most part, uh, this Texas team is coming in healthy and fired up on the way to Tuscaloosa.
0: Luke health wise for Alabama. I know they had a couple of DBs banged up, but I know what day to day for Malachi Moore and Jalen key.
1: Yeah, I feel like Malachi Moore and and key both. I'm optimistic they will both play. I'm I'm more optimistic on Moore. Um, Devontae Smith, you might remember that name, but it's a different Devontae Smith, uh, (laughs) is a defensive back that will definitely be out. Alabama counted on him to play some this year. He was out this last game, and and he might be out for a while. I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, there's some issues in the secondary. I mean, mild issues. I mean, I think Malachi Moore will play. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry uh, took a shot really to the head late in that game, um, this past weekend against Middle Tennessee State, but he should be fine. And, um, yeah, you really want to have your defensive backs against Texas and Quinn Ewers. So I'm hoping both Key and Malachi Moore will be able to play and, and play well.
0: Look, we're going to get into the key matchups in this one a little bit, but just to, to you, what's the biggest storyline coming into this game? I mean, is it just the, the return of Sark and, and that familiarity there? What's the biggest storyline in your mind?
1: I mean, I think th- this is going to sound very weird. I think the storyline is all the storylines. I mean, is, is Jalen Milrow from Texas who is committed to Texas, Alabama flips him. Um, is Sark who was at Alabama, some people thought he was in line to be the heir apparent to Saban potentially if he was going to hang around and up, but then the Texas job comes open and you can't turn that down, so he goes there. Um, Sark, How is Sark going to do in, in a game like this? You know, he he was okay at Washington. He was okay at USC, but had some troubles. Now, he's – honestly, I think last year the game that people remember him the most for is the loss to Alabama, not even the blowout of Oklahoma. And um, so people are, are really putting a lot on that. Can he take a step up and be in the upper echelon of coaches? Uh, Jeff Banks, of course, was at Alabama, too, when somebody that uh, – apparently he came out and said something about, Hey, it's not like any other, it's just like every other road game we go to. And um, so that's a little interesting. There, there's so many fantastic storylines. And the fact that these two played in the national championship back in 09, 010, 2010, you know what I meant. Um, but uh, I, I just, and, and it's the two of the the blue bloods Two, You know, if you were going to say name six schools that, the, the foundation of college football is built upon Alabama and Texas are going to be in it. So whenever you see a combination of uh, Texas, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in there somewhere, whenever you see that, you're like, I- I'm watching that. And it turns out to be on, on a fantastic uh, early September game, and it, it, the weather's going to be perfect. It's at 6 o'clock at night. It's, it's just going to be awesome. I, I just think there's so many storylines, it's hard to pick just one.
0: Jonathan, biggest storyline for you, at least some folks in Texas I've talked to have said, look, this is an early preview of what's coming. We're coming to the SEC next year. Might as well get used to it
2: now. Yeah, I think the biggest storyline on our side is a lot of people looking for validation. When you look at, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, we know what he brings to the table as far as an offensive play caller and play designer. But as a head coach, uh, I think his resume still leaves a little bit to be desired. He's too close to being a 500 coach for comfort, and he's 14 and 12 at the University of Texas, never having a 10-win season. He's looking for validation. Quinn Ewers, we've seen moments where he was special the first quarter against Alabama, obviously the game against Oklahoma. But over an 11-game stretch, has he lived up to being one of the highest highest graded recruits of all time. If you're asking me, I would say no. I think Quinn Ewers is looking for validation. And I think this University of Texas football team, who has spent a decade not living up to expectations, is looking to validate themselves as being back at the top of college football and living up to that blue blood status in the modern day. So I think a lot of people in Austin, Texas and around this program are looking for validation on Saturday and hopefully they can get it.
0: All right, hold it right there, guys. We're going to get into some key matchups here in just a second as we continue to preview Texas versus Alabama. But first, I want to remind you guys this episode is presented to you by our friends over at NutraFall. If you know a guy or if you're a guy who's been dealing with some hair growth problems, Neutrafold needs to be your resource. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal. But it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Men, if you're tired of that weakening or thinning hair, consider Nutrafol. They're going to help improve your hair growth, the visible thickness, and the visible scalp uh, coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinic, clinically shown to prove uh, improve your hair growth, visible thic- thickness, and of course, like we said, that scalp coverage. Their hair growth supplements use that physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides that consistent, reliable results without, importantly, compromising your sexual health. So go check them out, Nutrafol.com slash men. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. And take their hair health wellness quiz. It's going to identify causes of your thinning hair and give you a personalized plan for your better hair health through Whole body wellness. And uh, look, it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrifol men's hair growth supplements. They got a shampoo, they got a conditioner, they got the hair treatment. All the different stuff is up there for you. Go take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrifol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month supply. And free shipping when you go to neutralfall.com slash men, enter promo code locked on college. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare pros recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Neutrafol.com slash men, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, enter promo code locked on college. All right, continuing on our, our preview of the biggest game of the college football uh, week as it is. Uh, Texas versus Alabama, and of course, a uh, quick reminder, you can check out our college football uh, Friday show. If it's a Friday and you're listening to this, Locked On College football kickoff live each Friday going live from 11 a.m. to 1 Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Go check it out. Get your full preview of the weekend. But, guys, we're going a little bit more in depth on this one. Jonathan, we'll start with you. Uh, We talk about key matchups in this one. You know, what is it? Is it the Texas wide receivers versus the Alabama DBs? That was such a fun battle last year. Veteran guys like Xavier Worthy. What's the key matchup in your mind in this one?
2: Yeah, I hate to be cliche, but I think this game really is going to be one in the trenches. You know, we've seen, uh, you know, Alabama kind of go back to the bread and butter, not the Alabama we're used to seeing over the last four to five years. And you're seeing a lot of 12 personnel, uh, really heavy run packages, right? And when I watched that game against Middle Tennessee, Uh, scouting the opponent (laughs) you know I should say I saw a lot of you know two tight ends heavy run insides and then the design runs uh, to Jalen Milrow off of that and if our defense can't stop that and can't force this Alabama offense to pass the ball a little bit more than they want to then they're going to have their way right in that first game against Middle Tennessee 63% run uh, 37% pass I would imagine they want to be like that against uh, Texas as well. And then when you look at you know our side on the trenches, our offensive line wasn't great. And I think that the Alabama offensive line wasn't great either. But our defense, especially the defensive line, uh, was ferocious, right? And so I think that if our offensive line can't hold up, and that Alabama defensive line can stop our run game and get to Quinn Ewers, then it's going to be advantage Alabama. If Alabama's, you know, in the trenches holds up and Jalen Milroe is able to run the ball and they're able to run the ball with Chase McClellan and all of those running backs they have, you know, in the stable, then they're going to have a good chance to win the game. Now, if on our side we can hold off that Alabama defensive line you're going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage on the outside. And maybe like you saw last year in the first quarter, Quinn Ewers can take advantage of some of those one-on-one matchups. But like I said, I know it's cliche, but I think the team that wins you know, in the trenches on the offensive line and defensive line will come out of Tuscaloosa with the win on Saturday. Luke, what's the key matchup you're looking for on the Bama side?
1: Well, I want to say just ditto. I mean, uh, he he sort of nailed it. I uh, wish you had asked me first because that's what I was going to say. But, uh, yeah, I think he's absolutely right because – Look, Alabama has gone to more uh, ground and pound. And and even though everybody is talking about Jalen Milrow, he had a, really three deep passes. All should have been touchdowns. One of them ended up being a defensive pass interference. So it, it doesn't really count. He ended up with two long touchdown passes. But, you know, Jalen Milrow is also a fantastic runner. He was the leading rusher for Alabama. I think Alabama is going to have to get that running game going, which means the offensive line is going to have to play a little better. And um, the other thing about this is – Texas can – I remember Texas as being very uh, quick strike, and I know Steve Sarkeesian is that way. So if Texas does get a lead, say, you know, it's a a score lead, two-score lead, and and it's getting later in the game, it feels to me like it's going to be tougher for Alabama to come back. I mean, I think they want to control the game in the trenches, control the clock to to their advantage – uh, because they are more of a running team now. If Alabama had Tua Tungavaioloa or Bryce Young back there slinging it around, you would and and wide receivers like Devontae Smith and and Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, you wouldn't be quite as worried about it. But even though Isaiah Bond looked great as a wide receiver, even though. uh Jermaine Burton looked really good at wide receiver this past weekend. I don't think Alabama's got a wide receiver like the four I mentioned before. And then you go back to what he mentioned about the tight ends. The first play for Alabama in 2023 was sort of a – not a screen necessarily, but they just sort of throw it out to the wide receiver, and there are two tight ends out there split wide out to block for him. And that's just going to be their new mentality, even when they uh, are going to have three wide receivers on the field – Technically, two of them may be actual tight ends. Uh, Alabama's just going to try and be a little bigger and bully people around. And so I think that all starts in the trenches. And, again, uh, what you want to do is make it where Texas has a spy on Jalen Milrow. If they have a spy on Jalen Milrow, all of a sudden they're going to have to go man a lot more often. That makes one-on-one matchups. And if you're trying to play teams like Alabama, even if they don't have Ruggs and Judy and Waddle and Smith – um, if you're trying to play their receivers one-on-one, that's usually going to be problems. So I think it's going to be key for Alabama to get Jalen Milroe running early and get the running game going uh, overall early. Yeah, we saw
0: Bryce Young make some uh, miraculous plays late in that game last year, and it was so big. You know, I've been saying this could be, if Jalen Milro does that, you know, he could have his Heisman type moment and put his name into the conversation if they win. Of course, uh, if they don't, that'll be all null and void. Uh, Quick thought, Luke, on the run game. You mentioned uh, Milro being the leading rusher last week with 48 yards. They did play a lot of guys jace mcclellan roydell williams justice haynes uh jam miller all those guys got in there were you maybe a little surprised that there wasn't one guy that you know had 80 100 yards rushing with all the talk of the running backs and how good
1: that room is i I was uh, at least initially as i've watched the game a little bit more i've realized okay middle tennessee state was saying you're going to beat us passing the ball you're not going to beat us necessarily rushing now Alabama could have said, We'll beat you rushing in and just run the ball every time because Alabama's that's much more talented. But uh, Alabama did a great job of taking advantage of some one on one matchups. As I mentioned, they had what about two 50 yard plus or minus uh, touchdown passes that were deep throws from Milroe and one other one that should have been a touchdown, but it, there was defensive pass interference. So Alabama took advantage of what the defense was giving them. And it also that that's great because it also gave Jalen Milroe a much needed. Confidence boost, if you ask me, I, th- I think that's very positive. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, again, another positive. But, yeah, I thought that one of the running backs would be able to break free. I thought somebody would, would have sort of a great run, even if it were Milro, But nobody did necessarily. I mean, Milro had the play where the, there was a bad snap on the first touchdown, and, and that was really cool, but it wasn't a long run or anything. Um, nobody broke free ever. And maybe that's just the the kind of running backs Alabama has right now. I mean, I know last year Jason McClellan went about 80 yards on Texas, but that's not the norm for him. Um, Alabama doesn't have a guy like a Trent Richardson or a Kenyon Drake that was a threat to, you know, go 90 yards or whatever on on one carry quite as much, it seems like, because these guys don't do it quite as much. They're more, you know, we're going to get three to ten yards every carry kind of guys. Uh, Milrow is a threat to take it deep. And um, I was a little surprised he didn't get to do that. But, again, I'm pleased because it allowed him to grow in his passing game.
0: And the good news for Texas, uh, I know it was Rice last week, but held them to just 27 net rushing yards on the ground. So Texas is going to be looking to slow down that Alabama run game. On the flip side, Jonathan, I was looking through some of the numbers last year, and you in the passing game there were a lot of the same receivers. Of course, Xavier Worthy was the leading receiver, but Jordan Whittington, Jatavian Sanders, those guys. But Texas added to that room. Obviously with A.D. Mitchell coming in, he had a couple nice catches this past week, found the end zone. And Isaiah Nayer, who was injured a year ago, He got in there, only one catch this past week. But how much improved is this arsenal with uh, at least the pass catchers for
2: uh, Quinn Ewers? Yeah, well, I think the wide receiver room is going to be a lot better. You know, we saw Xavier Worthy make some plays last year, but he also dropped it touchdown. Um he just had a down year overall, ended up breaking his hand and just did not look like freshman year. Xavier Worthy. Jordan Whittington, we expect him to be better. And then you bring over uh, a playmaker, we've seen what he's done at the highest level in A.D. Mitchell, right? Four touchdowns in four college football playoff games. Isaiah Nayor, somebody who's averaging almost 20 yards a catch at Wyoming. So I think that this, you know, pass catching room, if you include JT Sanders, is very explosive and definitely has uh, you know, the opportunity to exploit some one on one matchups on Saturday uh, against the Alabama Crimson Tide in their Defense, if this offensive line can block and if Quinn Ewers can stand in that pocket and deliver strikes under pressure, because he definitely will be under pressure on Saturday night.
0: Before we move on, guys, I just got a simple one word answer is fine, but I just have to settle a bet. Uh, Jonathan, if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down last year, does Texas win that game?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, Luke, if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down, does Alabama lose that
1: game? Of course not. I'm not betting against Bryan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Again, just had to throw that out there, try to settle a bet, and uh, we, do not, we did not settle anything. Uh, guys, when we come back, it is the moment of truth. We will make our score predictions and talk about how this one will play out right here on a Locked On SEC Crossover Edition. First, guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at the Game Time app. Look, buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Game Time is making it easy for you. It is fast and easy to uh, to buy all your tickets for all your sporting events. They got killer deals on last minute tickets, and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you're going to have at the games. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Look, you can be at the tailgate waiting to go into the stadium. You don't have tickets yet? Check the Game Time app. They've got it there for you. Uh, Forget planning months in advance. Get those exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games. And the Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. You can even see the view of what uh, the seat view looks like on the app before you buy the tickets. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, use our code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, we jump back into it, the moment of truth. We're going to get into our score predictions and what you were watching for in this one. A reminder, last year, Alabama victorious, 20-19, to 19, thanks to some heroics from Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young. He's not here anymore. So, Jonathan, we'll start with you. Give us your score prediction. How does this one play out?
2: All right, so like I said, last year when, you know, Texas was – 20 point underdogs at home. I came out blazing. I said Texas was going to win. And everybody, including Luke, uh, you know, looked at me crazy and said, How could you predict Texas to win? And I was almost right, right? They lost 20 to 19 and almost shocked the world, right? This year, I just think Alabama wins, right? And I hate to say this on the podcast. I hate to, you know, put this out in the air, you know, for my Texas fans, but I think it's gonna be tough, you know, on the road, a hundred thousand people, and I think it's gonna come down to the trenches. And I just think Alabama has a little bit more uh they favor a little bit more in that matchup, I should say. You know, I think both offensive lines looked a little shaky in week one, but I trust the Alabama offensive line as a unit more. And the defensive line, I think their defensive line can attack our offensive line more than our defensive line or more consistently than we'll be able to attack theirs. And then when I look at, you know, Quinn Ewers, I saw him in game one against Rice, and he just didn't look all the way comfortable right? At home against Rice. Now he's on the road, 100,000 people against Tuscaloosa. And I know I think it's going to take a, you know, Johnny Manziel, a Deshaun Watson, a Trevor Lawrence type performance to knock off the Alabama Crimson Tide on the road. I'm just not so sure that Quinn Ewers can do that. I think both quarterbacks will struggle a little bit in this game, Jalen Milrow and Quinn Ewers. But at the end of the day, Jalen Milrow has that superpower and he could take off at any point for 40, 50 yards and score the ball. Also, surprisingly, right, because there's that narrative out there that Jalen Milrow can't pass. Jalen Milrow has been more effective on the deep ball than Quinn Ewers. And in a game like this where they're so evenly matched, one of those shot plays can flip the game. So, you know, I hate to say it, you know, I wish Texas could go out there and validate themselves, you know, like they want to on Saturday, but I'm picking Alabama to win this game at home by one score. So I'm going to say 27 to 21.
0: And Jonathan, we do have to bring it up before we get to Luke's prediction. Uh, backup quarterback. We got to talk about it because when these two teams play, the, the starting quarterback gets hurt. We saw it years ago with Colt McCoy in the championship. We saw it last year with Quinn Ewers. We need to let people know, though, if, God forbid, we don't want it to happen, but if Quinn Ewers were to get hurt and leave, it is not Arch Manning coming in, right? It's Malik Murphy.
2: Yes, if you paid attention to the Texas Longhorns, you will see that when Quinn Ewers left the game against Rice, Malik Murphy came in. So, barring something crazy, barring the, you know, 2023 Alabama defense playing like the steel curtain Arch Manning will not see the field in this game.
0: Yeah, we got plenty of years to watch Arch in the SEC once Texas gets over, but there won't be any Arch this weekend uh, unless things just go catastrophe. So, you know, two two quarterbacks get hurt. Uh, Luke, let's get to it. Your prediction for the game, and no pressure, but Jonathan I think is trying to jinx you by picking Bama.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and I should, should reverse jinx him, but I'm going to stick with Bama 38-27. I said that earlier in our podcast at Locked on Bama. You know, Nick Saban is 102-8 and in home games in Tuscaloosa, okay? Uh, the only non-con game he has lost was UL Monroe in his first year in 07. He lost three home games that year, so he's only lost five games since 2008 in Tuscaloosa. And those five games, you can rattle them off. I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, you know. You lost to Auburn, who won the national championship and had a Heisman Trophy winner. You lost to LSU, who played for a national championship against Alabama, and Alabama ended up getting revenge. You lost to Johnny Manziel, who won a Heisman Trophy, and it was coming off a game at in Baton Rouge the previous week where Alabama obviously had a letdown. You lost to Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss when Alabama had five turnovers. Ole Miss had none. It was just a bizarre game. And then you lost to the LSU team in 2019, which is one of the best ever. All those games were one-score games, too. So, I mean, it's just very difficult to come into Tuscaloosa and win. Uh, They've played teams that that are as good as Texas before in T-Town, and uh, they've always uh, come out victorious, it seems like. So um, the other thing, I thought uh, Jonathan made a very astute point about uh, the fact that Melrose may even be better on the long ball than Quinn Ewers, which I would not have thought until I looked it up the other day. Quinn Ewer's longest pass is something like 49 yards in his career at Texas, I believe. Now, at least that may be his longest pass from last year was only 49 yards. That's just weird to me because I think about Texas with Xavier Worthy and all these other uh, superstar receivers and Ewers having this big arm, thinking that, man, they they probably throw it for 80-yard touchdowns routinely, but they don't. Um, I think that helps. Alabama a little bit, and look, this is going to be a game that's huge for Jalen Milrow. It, it is the kind of game that can vault him into the spotlight, and that's why when Alabama was going through all their quarterback controversy this summer, I was like, look, I don't care who wins. I don't care if it's Ty Simpson. I don't care if it's Dylan Lonergan. I don't care if it's Ty Buckner. I don't care if it's Milrow, whatever, but I think it's best for Alabama if it's Milroe from a branding perspective because he's just, I mean, not the other kids aren't good, but he's such a good guy. He's, he's like, uh, he, he looks like a Adonis out there and he's just a great story and then you talk about uh, the fact that he was committed to Texas at one time he grew up being a Texas fan then he flips Alabama I mean there's just so much uh, great stuff he bided his time behind Bryce Young obviously he didn't transfer out like a lot of kids do these days I think he's the best story and I think it's 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 great for Alabama if Jalen Milrow has a great year And I think he's going to account for toward four touchdowns this weekend and Alabama wins 38-27, and I I just found out I have tickets and I can't wait.
2: <laughs> Jonathan, did you give us a score prediction? Yeah, I said 27-21. You know, okay. I think it's kind of similar to what we saw last year. Um, I think this is one of those games where the defense keeps us in the game, and, you know, unfortunately, Sark's offense, you know, doesn't uh, take over the game. Like we saw against TCU and Alabama last year, I just don't see – Uh, this Texas team putting up a bunch of points on the road in Tuscaloosa with that defensive line and the way they can cover on the back end.
0: I tell you this, guys, whoever wins the game, I think that winning quarterback will put vault himself in, into the Heisman conversation. We just saw Jordan Travis do it at Florida State beating LSU. I think the winner of this game, that quarterback, will be right up there in the conversation. It's early, though. Plenty can happen. And, of course, neither team's season is over if they lose this game. It's just a fun non-conference game. Still everything to play for after this week. He is Jonathan Davis, host of Locked on Longhorns. Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. I'm Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much. All right, good luck to both of your teams.
2: Prove me wrong, Quinn. Prove me wrong.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC and Locked On Bama and Locked On Longhorns your first listen every day. And shout out to our everydayers. Come back, check us out tomorrow right here on the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day.